welcome everybody to oh, I almost said it. I almost said what you did last bam, time. Welcome to, to welcome to Bam Midnight Movies. Uh, this is a review show. We do these every other week. We do our watch longs every other week as well. But this week we're uh, taking our first step into the nineties. Uh, so because we're doing our decades now. Got your parachute pants. Got the uh, the Gordon Cartrell. Uh, no, that, that's, the, oh, that's the the parachute pants. Eighties. Were you still wearing parachute pants in the nineties? Full. Yeah, man. Come on, man. MC Hammer was early nineties. <laughs> those weren't parachute pants. <laughs> those were, those were parachute pants, man. I have get, no idea what you're talking about. But they get, were you, get your chinos pants. on and. Uh... I had the chinos. <laughs> I did. Um, and by the way, the Gordon Gartrell is a thing from the Cosby Show. It was late eighties, early nineties, which that sure does exist. By the way, I just checked eBay. It's dude. It's going for like two hundred dollars. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no price for nostalgia please. yeah no kidding so we're doing a comedy um we've been trying to break into more comedies lately and i think if i am not mistaken this is our first robin williams movie am i i tried to do some tried to oh, do something and look look through the archives i have to check the archives but i believe right this there. is our first robin williams nathan lane and diane weist movie so we're going to be doing the birdcage mid 90s 1998 or 1996 um a remake of a 1978 uh franco-italian movie and i'm not going to say the name because i'm going to kill it but it is loosely translated into the birdcage um uh the movie the original movie very closely tied to like i mean exactly how the plot is on this one which when i first watched this movie and then i was like oh there's good there's a this was a remake for Italian, and I was like, yeah, that wouldn't match up, but I guess they, they do have the very conservative side of over there as well. When I think conservative, I just think here, here in America. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Robin Williams, Gene Hackman, Nathan Lane, Diane Weiss, uh, Dan Futterman, young Callista Flockhart, uh, Hank Azaria, who at the time was filming Heat. The was movie he? Heat? Yeah, he was oh, filming okay. Heat at the time he was doing this, so he would wrap up shooting Heat then run over and shoot the birdcage. The director, so apparently at the time, Mike uh, Nichols, found out he was doing this, and it was his birthday the day he found out what he, that he was going back and forth. He oh, sent wow. his, he sent his ass home. He goes, "No, you get the get out of here. It's your birthday. It was his thirtieth birthday, and he's like, "No, oh. get out of here, dude." Um, and then of course a uh, Christina uh, Baranski, yes, and she's been a ton of stuff. She's tons, a, yeah. I mean, she Tony Award winner, I think she is. She's for me. She she's most uh, most known for uh, if you if you guys ever watched um, Sybil, she was in Sybil. She was in The Good Wife, but more recently, uh, as as clo- soon as or as close as 2019, she was playing Beverly Hostetter, uh, the Leonard Hostetter in the uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Okay. yeah, she, yeah, and it's great to see her, to see the the dynamic of her playing Leonard's mom, and then um, uh, I can't remember her name from uh, Roseanne, who played Roseanne's oh, sister. Oh yeah, the sister playing, yeah, is playing Sheldon's, uh, mom. Sheldon's mom. Yeah, yeah which wild. is kind of cool. Is when you look at Sheldon, the the young Sheldon show, the lady playing Sheldon's mom is actually that lady's that actress's daughter. Oh, is it? Yeah. So if you look at it, you, you, you can see the similarities. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, man, they picked somebody really good to play, you know, you know, her younger. And I was like, oh, wait, that's 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 her daughter. That's awesome. That's a nice little thing. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to run through this. We're going to talk about it. It's a fun movie. It's one of probably one of my top, top movies. I can't I, I got a lot I said are in my top 10, but I want to say this is probably close to like top 20 because it's just it's so much fun. And it, to see these characters playing these roles, especially Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, um, 
and seeing this and then seeing like Gene Hackman in more of a straight man role. He's always played serious roles. But he's know, really a straight man. This he's a straight man, man, but there's a lot of great humor he brings to it. Um, the candy thing? Yes. The the, yeah, the, can, the, whole the whole thing. thing. Yeah. So, oh, God. So we're going to start. Like you, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, no, we're going ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say the whole like uh, dichotomy between him and uh, Callista Farquhar is pretty funny. Yeah. Like, he's like uptight, really, father. And she's. It's just so weird to see like young Callista Farquhar when I was like, that's not her. <laughs> Yeah, because I think when I finally saw this, I think she had already started on uh, what was the name of the movie she or the show that she was on? Allie McBeal. Yeah, oh, Allie McBeal. Yeah. Was that during this time? Or was it after? I think it was after because I don't think I I didn't catch this movie in the theaters. Ninety uh, six. I was in L A. doing my own thing, all doing my music thing. So I really wasn't paying much attention unless it was you know Interview with a Vampire or you know Stargate or something massive and big budget. That drew me to the to the theaters that I would go, but yeah, anything like this didn't draw my attention at that time. I was I was I was your moody twenty year old, you know, dyed my hair black, had mohawk. I believe you it. Know, goatees down to you know about my chest. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I don't <laughs> deny. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I believe all of this. So. I, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. By I, the I, way, I, tragedy that Calista Flockhart hasn't done much. I yeah, mean, I know. Yeah. yeah. Which really stinks because, you know, she did Ally McBeal a couple things after this. I think she tried a movie career. Um, dude, she was, I don't know if you watched Supergirl in the series. She played Cat Grant. She was so good she as Cat Grant. She was perfect in that. Yeah, that was perfect a- as Cat Grant. I'm like, man, I can't think. When I think of Cat Grant in the comics, I think of her. Yeah. Because that's that's Cat Grant. That's like literally, she just and put her own, you know, flockardisms in there. But she was so good. It just sucked when the show moved from like LA to Vancouver. She couldn't do it because, you know, she wanted to be close to her, to Harrison Ford. But, you know, so good in those roles. I hope she does more stuff in the future. She's still young too, so let's hope for a, a, a what is it? A flockism. Flockism, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look at you look at her movies. Yeah, probably about ten or so that she uh, did. Not a lot. Yeah, not uh, a lot. She did like it's probably the the last shot. Uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream. That's one I probably would recognize. But I mean, but again, she did have a lot. Like you said, you know, on TV, she was on Brothers and Sisters for a long time, 110 episodes. You had, you know, Ally McBeal, 112 episodes. So she it wasn't like she wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I'm sure she's not hard for money. So I'm sure she's doing quite well. Oh yeah, yeah. And then but she, hopefully, she, we'll she's, got, she's you know she's married. Yeah, you know, she's got the she's got the forward money too. <laughs> literally <laughs> all right guys so we're gonna go we're gonna run through the plot talk about the movie our things we liked about it and just you know gush over this so we start off with uh, armin goldman is an openly gay owner of a drag club in south beach called the birdcage um and his life partner albert a very effeminate and flamboyant man Starina. Uh, yeah, plays Starina, who is the star of this drag club and these drag shows uh, basically the movie starts off that they're having a little <laughs> little argument uh because uh, starina does not want to take the stage and she swears up and down that armand is cheating on her and uh with the help of their uh of their servant their their i don't want to call him servant i don't know man, would you, uh, ma- like butler, maid, don't, butler yeah what well, i don't want you to call say, i was gonna say i was gonna say manslave but that's wrong yeah. so <laughs> but, uh, agador spartacus play, plays played by <laughs> an amazing hank azaria i the role he did on this was great and his um his accent that he does is his grandmother his grandmother yeah he mimicked his grandmother um, you know in in doing this uh, and of course you know if anybody doesn't know hank hank is probably a million of voices on on the simpsons and has been around the war <laughs> the only one the only movie this movie and like i know i hate to say it but god godzilla 
with Matthew Broderick is the one that like kind of sticks out with me for him, you know. Mystery Man, come on, man, the Blue Mystery Raja. Man, yeah, again, but see, Blue Raja just is man. not Hank. I, I see those guys as Hank, but yeah, he plays something completely different here. I love him as the Blue. Bring Mystery Man back too, please, guys. Uh, so they have a they're having a, a back and forth about what's going on, and um, I think probably one of my favorite scenes is there. He uh, uh, Hagador uh, gives gives a. Um, gives Nathan Lane's character a uh, some pills and he's like here oh, he's yeah. like he's like he's like he's like here take take, take them I, I need my I need my pre and, and pre-in, finally, yeah. finally when they finally leave the room uh, Armand's like what 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 drug are you giving him what's pre and tablets he goes oh it's just aspirin with the A and the S scraped off <laughs> he's like my god what a brilliant idea it's just stuff like that it was just like it was so great those little like hidden little you know jokes in there there's, hidden, there's a lot of hidden gems man and you know the relationship between like i didn't i, I never heard of nathan lane before this film this oh, is really? the first time I, I, like i i know he'd done tons of stuff on broadway and you know theatrical work which is well and good i mean that's where you get your chops and get your work in but i never i never heard of him till this film and then when i saw him i was like okay and the chemistry he has with not only robin not only hank but with everybody like every scene he's in he steals it and he just kills it. And it could be like, you know, oh, just to get a gay guy, take it up the scene. He's supposed to be flamboyant. True. But it's the way you do it. You know, you, you could you could still sell scenes and you can meld them the, like into the plot of it. Like when we get to it, one particular scene that doesn't involve any dialogue and I love, but um, you know, I'll let you keep going. Sure. I think uh, Frankie and Johnny and um, Life with Mikey were the two movies he did before this. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't remember. Um, uh, Frankie and Johnny was with uh, Al Pacino and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know if you remember that one. Maybe I do. Yeah, I think it, still- it was a little little love story, a romantic comedy one. And then uh, The Life with Mikey was uh, where Michael J. Fox was like a, a, an agent for like a, a young actress. Mm, so yeah, those are those were his first two movies. But um, but honestly, originally the the part of Albert was going to be Robin Williams. And he had cooked up this whole, this whole character behind it. But once Nathan came in, they were like, wait a second. Yeah. No, this, we got to switch roles around. And Robin was completely fine with doing that. Isn't it funny that, you know, me and you, we, we grew up with Robin Williams. We're used to, you know, Mork and Mindy, of course, that's the big thing where he was just that he was the Nathan Lane character in that, in that series. He was the wild, he did all the crazy shit. It's just crazy that he backtracked and said, no, there's a, there's a guy who can do more than I can. Yeah. And this is Robin Williams who's saying that. So I'm like, wow, he stepped aside for Nathan Lane and good move on his part because I think, I mean, I could see Robin Williams in the Nathan Lane role, but who would you get to play Robin Williams then in his role? That's, that's the big thing because yeah. I think he could pull off both. I don't think Nathan Lane could pull off the Robin Williams role. No, but again, right. that's why they did that. And it's funny as the director, uh, Mike Nichols, would make them film every episode from the script or one or not episode scene. He would make them film it directly from the script. And then as long once they got it perfect, then he would spend the time and let them go off script. And, and with Robin Williams, if nobody's ever seen or heard or any about his any of his, you know, his time on the on the set, he very big on, on improv. Um, actually, I had a friend of mine when I lived out in L.A., he was an extra on um, was it Father's Day? It was with him and Billy Crystal, and they uh, their old their old college fling showed up and, and basically told them both, "Hey, my my sons vanished." And basically, she hinted to both of them that 
they might be the dad. They might be the dad. I want to say it was Father's Day. I do remember that one. Yeah, and and he was oh my god. Another guy. I wish he was still doing stuff as Billy Crystal. Yeah, but my my friend was one of the extras in the in the film, and he says it was like it was like nonstop with Robin Williams. They would just cut. Okay, do a scene, and they let him just go. And especially in that character, that character was just so manic to begin with. Like if you mm-hmm. remember that, because he was a, he was this uh, clean freak. You know, he had to be have everything clean, everything in order, and it, it was just. It, it, but having him in that scenario was was great. And he, my friend said he's like, yeah, it was it was so tough to keep a straight face because he just nonstop just would just constantly go. What was the, the the football movie that he did with Jeff Bridges? Do you remember that, or, or was it somebody else? Oh, Jeff what, Bridges. What, what, saying, uh, Fisher King is the only one I think of him and Jeff Bridges doing. Is that no? Because maybe it's not Jeff Bridges. It's one where they took like a high school reunion. He goes back to high oh, school. Oh no, you're you're talking about uh, with Kurt Russell and um, that's it. That uh, I get those guys. Was it? I forgot the name. Shoot, of Shoot, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, they uh, they're like reliving past. Yeah, glory. I know the movie. I just like I can see the I can literally see the the movie poster in front of me too. Um, and I can't remember the name of the movie, but uh, yeah, I, I, actually, it's one of my movies I love growing up. It was one of those I absolutely love. Such a good one, man. Oh. Trying to find it because that's going to drive me up to wall. I know. I, it's, I, it's, uh, I, I don't know why I, I thought of it. I don't. I don't want to say League of Their Own, but so, something of no, their own. No, no, no. It's it's not even a base. It's not even a sports movie. It's just about an event that happened, like some kind of high school game happened, and like some. I think he didn't score a touchdown, but like Kurt Russell did. No, and, no, no. It was no. He he got the ball thrown to him, and it, he uh, bobbled it for a little bit, and then he dropped it. And then everybody, and that was the last time that uh, that they uh, that that town won. Uh, the ch- football, ch- yeah, I, I can't know. find it, unfortunately. But yeah, I know which movie it is. Yeah, I used to watch it all the time because it was so, it was so much fun to watch. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Like, hmm, kind of just got in my head. Maybe I'll. Can you find it? That's the best of times. That's it. That's <laughs> best what it is. Of times. Best of times. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I was like, I know it. I know it. I knew you. You weren't going to stop till you found it. Too. No, yeah, especially that movie. Mm. So, so basically, what happens is Armand and you know Armand and. um and Albert are having an argument because there's wine showing up. For some reason, there's white wine in the fridge, and he thinks that Armand is having an affair. But we come to find out it's actually Armand's son who shows up and uh, tells him that um, he's going to be getting married. He's a 20-year-old college kid, and he has decided he wants to you know, get married to this young girl named Barbara. And uh, so uh, Barbara, who, uh, who, um, who is actually the daughter – of an extremely ultra conservative Republican named Senator Keeley, played by Gene, Gene Hackman, Hackman, the man, the myth, Gene Hackman. Who, who's he, it, isn't he in charge of some kind? What is it called? The Morality Group. It's <laughs> part of. Uh, I don't know if they put the put the <laughs> name on the here. Morality Group. That I was like, it's a coalition of of something morality. Yeah, and it's, oh, coalition of morality. I'm like, <laughs> what? And basically, what happens as the same time. Um, that they find out that they uh, – oh, here we go. It's the uh, – Kevin is the co-founder of the conservative group called Coalition of Moral Order. Um, and they become embroiled into a political scandal when the group's co-founder uh, is found uh, with a uh, underage black prostitute. <laughs> and some of the best stuff in the movies is is the when they interview the prostitute on TV. Yeah, it's just like, you- and it's just stuff that's kind of in the background and – yeah, and something about hey hey so, hey hey brown sugar uh, the money's on the uh, on the counter on the dresser <laughs> and like the reporter's like that's a very uh, racist comment to make this, like, <laughs> I just like Gene like he's in the background like he's like you said it's playing in the background 
And I think Diane Weiss is like, how did they get her on uh, interview her so fast? He's like, and then he's like, it's like, it's all about the money up front. Of course they got it really fast. It, I was, I just died. Like he's, like you said, he plays a straight guy, but he has funny moments. Oh yeah, film. he does. Yeah. Uh, so, so Lois and Barbara uh, convince Kevin that, to, that they should go and visit her fiance's family. And she has to convince Barbara just basically tells her dad a whopper of a lie that uh, he's he's not the uh, he's not the, uh, the the Goldmans. They're called the Colemans. They're a uh, he's a uh, straight cultural attaché to Greece, and uh, and so like they completely just change who they are uh, because they just because of their their this dad's you know ultra conservative side. Mm. Uh, so he. Uh, finally, um, <laughs> probably one of the best scenes is like this back and forth because you're watching, you're watching Val like stressing because you can see him not wanting to say this to his parents, to his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, hey, you know, they're, she's, they're coming down here. They want to visit. And um, but this is what we told him. And in the meantime, he's telling trying to tell his dad this. And in the meantime, uh, Armand is trying to coach and, and, and work on the work on the uh, show with Albert and this other dancer and this other dancer is like chewing gum blowing bubble gum bu- bubbles at Albert the whole time and Albert's losing his mind right, yeah. about just what you know what's going on and oh you know and <laughs> some of the best scenes because I think it's probably one of the most famous scenes from this movie is when you see Robert Williams trying to explain to the other dancer the other person on the in the musical this is what you do and he does you're going to do uh was it uh Oh, was it Madonna? Madonna, Fauci. Oh, when he's doing the different moves <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh God, yeah. He's like, you know, Madonna, and he's just like he acting up the scene. Oh, so good, so good. And it just that, wanna, that's where there's one of those moments you see just you see Robin Williams come to life in this movie. I want to I want to take it back like a probably like twenty minutes back to one scene in particular when Val shows up to the house and he's telling his you know his dads about this. He doesn't interact with Nathan Lane right away. Oh, no, he waits until the next morning because, yeah, Nathan's in the, doing okay, the show. Okay, uh, are we there yet? Okay. Well, yeah. okay, oh, no, we passed it. But, you yeah, know, he was okay, Nathan was okay. doing the show at the beginning. He shows up, explains to Armin what's going on. You what's know. going on, yeah. And there's a scene where he comes home and he tells him and, like, you know, Val's already passed out. And he goes to his room and he's sleeping with a book in his hand. And he just looks at him, kind of, like, you know, brushes his hair back, picks up the clothes acting very motherly type that's a scene i was telling you about like there was no dialogue such a good scene it just shows that you know he cared about a lot like a mother for, for him yeah you know? very, very nurturing as we find out later what his real mother was all about you, yeah. and, and you can tell that he needed that support growing up and even if it was two gay men it didn't really matter he had the love yeah. that you know that everybody gets you know from you know that we had like a mom and dad or you know whatever two moms two dads yeah, we're, really we're gonna get there you're jumping way ahead oh, sorry, 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 you're ruining the story man bad, dear god so like i said barbara shares the news and so they decide that they're gonna go down so to to do this they have to leave the keely's homes because well all the reporters are now out there trying to interview him about what's been going on so he uh, gets uh, sneaks out of the house, uh, and uh, they drive down from oh God, where were they? Virginia, someplace. I'm trying to remember where they were staying at. They drive down all the way down to South Beach, uh, but before they leave, the Keeley's driver actually talks to a reporter, like a like a, a, um, a National Enquirer uh, reporter. Uh, Harry Radman, and they, and he tells him, "Hey, this is where we're heading down." So he's like, "Why?" He's like, "I don't know yet, but this is where this is our destination." Mm. So they tail them. Um, sorry, skip down. Oh, okay. No, no, I rolled my I rolled my mouse down too far. 
Careful. And uh, so so they they head down and they so as they're driving down, Albert and Val or no not Armand and then Val have to cook up this plan of what to do. Okay, they're coming down. We can we can get Albert to or Armand to, you know, portray himself as, you know, a manly guy. Uh, but what are they gonna do about the mom? And say so they start talking <laughs> about, well, how about we get Albert out of the house? And then they kind of made a comment about maybe reaching out to Val's biological mother, uh, Catherine Archer. And so they're cooking this up. And probably another one of my favorite scenes of all time in this is is as they decide what's going on, Albert gets so upset about it. They, he takes him to, the, to lunch and they sit down and they talk about, well, maybe you can't be the mom. Maybe you can be the uncle and like mm-hmm. not be so flamboyant. So uh, Armand and, and Albert are sitting at this restaurant trying to – Find to ways, to, yeah, to, to, to be more manly, to push him up, basically. <laughs> and we get the best scene is, you know, he's trying to, hey, go ahead and walk across the floor for me. I got to see what you're, what, what I got to work with. And then he comes back. He goes, so was that bad? He goes, no, yeah, yeah kind of, okay. Imagine, like, the most manliest thing, and they're like, oh, John Wayne. Walk like John Wayne. And he does the walk, and it's, and he does the sway and the hands. <laughs> and, and he comes back, did I do it wrong? No, you did it perfectly. I just didn't realize John Wayne walked that way. And it's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes, I think, in the whole movie. It's, like, quotable. And then they go out to a local park, and they're trying to, like, show him manly, man, being manly. You know, talking about talking about the, the dolphins and spitting on the floor. and It's so funny. Oh, and so, and then, then they bump into a guy who's just, like, hanging out in the park playing chess. And he <laughs> knocks the hell out of our mom because – Armand's trying to show Albert how to be manly and man up to somebody. And the guy's like, dude, you're, you're being the asshole to me. Why are you, why are you, why are you coming at me like that? And then, you know, he gets his, gets his ass knocked out. Gets his ass beat up. And so they, they, again, they decide, you know what, let's go ahead and get in touch with Catherine. So Armand contacts uh, Catherine and drives all the way down there. And again, <laughs> that's the best part about it. Albert is just, Albert is, he plays this, I don't want to go. I'm trying to find the right wording for it. it. Very, very, very Jewish in his like, his like his overreaction of everything, you know. Oh, he's he. Oh, yeah, he. The, whole the only way because it's so many Jewish families I know, and that's like the mother is always. Oh my God, what are you doing? Just jumping at every little thing is, and so he's very insecure about what what's going on. So he Armand meets up with Catherine, explains the situation. In the meantime, Albert's getting stuck outside, at, you know, in the lobby, and when he really wants to be in there talking to it. And uh, he, you know, they start kind of reminiscing. Armand and Catherine started kind of reminiscing about, you know, how they met. It was a one night stand. They both, you know, he was like, hey, let me try what the white guys, you know, the straight guys are, you know, getting into. <laughs> yeah. The, you know? the whole story was kind of wacko. Like she paid like some dude 20 bucks trip in the hotel room and she she, she she knew he was gay too. Well, no, she knew she he was gay. They just tried it. And then, you know, he, he paid her, he paid her money to be pregnant. And, you know, I mean, it's not, not out of the ordinary. To have a surrogate mother carry the baby. I mean, I've heard it before. I've seen it before. Um, so, you know, what she did was a nor- it was kind of normal, but he, instead of, you know, doing it the old, you know, medical way, he, he did it manually. And <laughs> manually. what else to say? But, that's, <laughs> but, but so Albert busts in at one point when they're being very reminiscent and kind of, you know, sitting on the couch together. She's trying, she's flirting heavy with Armand. Oh, God. And like playing with his chest and the, and the shirt. And, and of course, Albert busts in at the wrong time and like loses his shit and leaves. And uh, he, uh, Finally, uh, Armand gets back home and he's like, has anybody seen Albert? And they're now just finishing up 
butchifying the house. You know, they've gotten rid of all the the gay statues, the statues with phallic symbols and um, the books and the paintings. And there was a moose head somebody had bought. And they're like, (laughs) okay, you're going to go there. Yeah, they're like, there was a moose head somebody bought. And they're like, no, what is that? So they bought this big, ugly, massive cross. Um, Oh, oh, somebody somebody added uh, Playboys to the bathroom. And Val's like, who added these? He goes, oh, that's what one of the guys like. That's what they all read. He's like, no, subtract. Don't add. Subtract to things. Um, but then, then they're there, and they're finally seeing you. Know, the house is kind of coming together, and uh, <laughs> Armand and Val are there, and, and Albert comes walking in and asks, you know, Spartacus, hey, can you get my toothbrush? And he's like, where, why do you need your toothbrush? Where are you going? Well, I'm going – I forget where he said he was heading to, and it basically was he was going to be heading to, to the cemetery and just going there to die and – yeah, dude, he's so overdramatic that it's great. That's why I love him. Like, like man, I wish I had a. I, well, I used to have friends like that who just really overdramatic. Maybe I take that back. But, his, but he, he's a cool overdramatic. Yeah, like you know, he's not gonna do it. Like, oh, go to the cemetery, go to die. And he's like, oh god. And Armando's like, oh god, I gotta follow him, see where he's going. So I just, I, I, I love the relationship. It's the coolest gay relationship probably in film. Now, one of the one of the great things that I love about what they did here is is during a moment you have Albert and and Armand sitting on the side of the road by the by the or the Miami Beach um, piers in the, in the bay, and you finally realize that Albert's already or Armand's already had Albert's stuff planned out. He's already wanted him. He's already written into him to be a you know half owner of the birdcage, half owner of the apartment. He's part of his life, you know, and because Albert's like, well, I'm going to go here and, and this is where I'm going to die and get buried. He's like, well, that's unfortunate because I'm supposed to be buried over here, which is a really nice cemetery, but I'll sell that one and come sit with you in, at this piece of shit place because I, I have to listen to you talk for, you know, I have to hear what you have to say for the rest of my life and eternity. Very, very like, you know, touching moment to see that these two men you know are, are very much in love and it's a very it's not a, a new love you know a lot of times when we see like some some relationships especially gay relationships on shows it's usually fresh new and pa- this, these are two old married couples They've you been know together for a long time you, you know yeah them. they know each other's ins and outs and and they fight like my grandparents fight you know that's the one thing i, I that reminded me so much about them was how much they fought and bickered but yet you know there was times i could hear my grandparents you know, yelling at each other but then we would went out for lunch, dinner one time and I'm, my mom's driving i'm sitting in the front and then my grandparents are in the back seat and i see them back there holding hands and you know head on the shoulder and i'm like oh yeah look they're still in love and she's like don't they're I don't still want. in love yeah <laughs> my mom's like i don't want to see that crap <laughs> it's yeah, like come okay. on yeah what you get older yeah uh, but yeah their relationship sells like those tender moments they're not overly done they're just done very well yeah. like the same scene went on that they're on the park bench and he's like, you know, I think he Albert asks, he's like, you know, why do you, why do you love me anyway? And he's like, he just says something very tender and sweet. He's like, because you make me laugh. And, you know, you make me laugh. And, you know, it's just like, you know, we're so different, but yet we're the same. And yeah. I, moments like that, it kind of makes me as a cold hearted man, like maybe it's time not to be single and find like maybe I should find somebody like that. But uh, not not a gay I'm just a hetero guy, but you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. But. <laughs> All right. So. What happens at, when they finally get home and they realize, you know, Albert can't even do the straight thing because he tries, he tries to dress up in, you know, in, in you know, a, a suit and tie. And even then he has pink socks on. So he gets offended and goes and locks himself into the room. And they're like, OK, let him. So move. funny because nowadays men, they dress with pink socks. Exactly. Yeah. The, what he was, strange. Yeah. What he was wearing was like in style. I'm like, OK. That, 
Um, and then uh, I think probably one of the great touching moments also is when um, when Armand Robin Williams gets dressed up and he's sitting and standing in the mirror. He's like, "Oh my God, I'm my grandfather. I look just like my grandfather." <laughs> so, uh, so our, our uh, Albert's locked in his room. The Keelys arrive at the Goldmans, who are now calling themselves the Colemans, cool. uh, for the evening to hide their Jewish heritage. Uh, redecorate the re, the, the uh, apartment's already redecorated, and they greet and uh, and they are greeted by Agator, who is attempting to pass as a Greek butler named Spartacus for the night. Spartacus. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, is is <laughs> Agator doesn't wear shoes. He can't wear shoes. So the whole time when he's dressed up as this butler, he's like f- his feet are like childlike when he's walking because he's never doesn't wear shoes at all. Uh, so, uh, so unfortunately, Catherine gets caught into traffic. So really, now it's just Albert, or sorry, it's just Armand and Val with the Keelys, and and they're you know wondering about where's Mrs. Goldman at, and you know just they start having this conversation. And there's a lot of moments where you see like Armand's like starting to snap, and this becomes the emotion, not emotional roller coaster, just a roller coaster. I think the best way he said it was, it's like while riding a wild horse into a barn. Like this next, you know, twenty minutes of of the movie are just like just nonstop, like you know, craziness. Um, so they're wondering where you know Mrs. Goldman is, and suddenly Albert enters the the room dressed and in styled as a conservative middle aged woman. Armand, Albert, and Barbara pink, with a little pink sweater on. Yeah. I, I find that kind of cute. Yeah. Armand, Val, and Barbara are nervous, and um, but Kevin and Lois are taken by the disguise. The best reaction is. Agador, <laughs> and he's like, he just makes this like a loud laugh and just walks away. Agador is like an under, unsung hero in this film. Man. He he's, is. He is. That's he, he, like he literally is. Like he, I don't think he's in a lot of scenes. Of course, you got you have other actors, but he's one of the main players. In, in the, he's in. He's one of the main players in this. Like I said, this psychotic roller coaster we're going through because he's slowly threaded in it, but it threaded at great parts. It's funny because if they ever redid this or reimagined this, I would love Hank Azaria to be in it, yeah. playing like a different, like playing almost like the Armand role with like maybe his lover and going forward. Because I think it, it could work. I thought about this getting redone, and this is a movie again. This is one of my favorite classics. It's a and hard one. It can but- get no. It should be redone, but it should be redone with a, with a, with a, with honestly a, a gay director and actors playing these true roles not these straight guys playing it but actually playing it to true and i think there would be a whole different take on it this is this is straight men and straight women playing these roles this is one of those moments i could see them redoing it and actually having gay to you know a gay two gay men playing this role a gay butler playing this role i think it would add such a different level to it and be a lot deeper and have some really good like inside baseball jokes oh man i agree there we are. Okay, so despite the evening's trouble beginnings with the uh, senator's uh, sh- uh, chauffeur betraying them to the two tabloid uh, journalists um, who have been now hoping to scoop the coalition story about, you know, about the coalition and, and, the, and that. So they follow them down to down there and they're keeping themselves kind of low. Nobody else knows what's going on. While they uh, research the birdcage, they also remove a note that Armand had left on the door to inform Catherine, don't come in. Uh, but during this whole time, dinner is served. Um, so they bring out first. They bring out the, the uh, what they think is the on or what is like the appetizer. And we come to find out the soup 
that they're bringing out this I forget what he called it they they called it a seafood soup but it wasn't a seafood uh, soup it was something else and uh, the peasant soup is what I think it really was but so he, you know they bring out these bowls and the bowls have <laughs> have like what looked like Greek gay men on it <laughs> with big phallic symbols on it. Of course, nobody can see because they're not wearing their glasses. So Armand runs in, grabs the bowl, and goes running out and starts you know sloshing it out. In the meantime, Agadar is going, wait a second, I'm not done with that. That's supposed to have shrimp in it. I've still got stuff to add. So again, this is one of those moments where Hank's character is just like he's playing into this and getting more and more upset because – He's getting yelled at for not fixing the right food or fixing food the proper way. He's like, but you didn't let me finish it. it just this back and forth between him, him and Armand. Uh, in the meantime, you start seeing uh, Albert and uh, Mr. Keeley, the senator, getting along, talking about true family values and getting back to you know, wholesome and, and conservative ways. And it's funny as you will find nowadays, especially nowadays, you will find that there are even – in the gay community, they're like, no, but we were a family. Like kind of what you were getting at beforehand is mm. how, you know, Val was brought up in a very strong, solid marriage. They were yeah. divorced. They were together and he was brought up, raised properly. And he was once a girl, you know, it's not, it, it goes back. It is sort of like t- going into what's you know talked about today in today's, you know, political area about, you know, is it okay for gay couples to, take in you know children and you know this this is one of those ideas about it and it wasn't such a big deal back in 1978 when this was written but it is something now that makes it a bigger deal um but you start but you start seeing albert a gay man agreeing with the point of view of a conservative man you know we make you which you know for for those who are very conservative makes you think you know there are people out there who share the same values it just comes from a different area yeah, you know what i mean a different it's lifestyle like, but it's, they it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's guess what in the end they all have the same goal yeah to raise the kids right and make sure happy. they get out of the wrong stuff and make sure they grow up properly it's and that's what i loved about that like yes he's a gay man versus a woman yes he's an ultra conservative dude but the same thing same thing man nothing different just because one guy wears a wig and the other one doesn't i mean it's it's the same exact thing and i think a lot of times political Division happens because of this. Oh well, you gotta believe what I believe. Oh, but it's just it's rampant. It's too much, yeah. and you know, not to get into that, but no, just but that's why that's why I, I look at myself as a very moderate person on on what I believe. Uh, yeah. So they so uh, with the after they left the note on the uh, on the door for Catherine, the uh, the two reporters come by and and steal it. So when she arrives, she doesn't know she's not supposed to be there. So she unknowingly reveals the deception. She comes walking in. Hi, I'm Val's mom. And they're like, wait a second. Who's this? Who's that? What's going on? And that's when, it, you know, everything comes down. And it's it's that moment where everybody's trying to question what's going on. And there's like this pause in it. And Val's the one that steps up leading the confession and saying, hey, no, this is my mother. Pulls Albert's wig off, shows, you know, that this is the, these are my parents. These are the ones that raised me. This is the mother. This is the woman that gave birth to me, my, my birth mother. In fact, this is the first time I've ever met her. I mean, it was like this very like. Like for a conservative family, this this would have just crushed. So them. wild! I, I didn't realize that she that she gave her gave him up. Yeah, I didn't. I, well, I so like, if wow. you remember in the meeting when they met in her office, and she and he's like, "Oh, you're doing really well. You married yet?" She's like, "No, I don't need to. That but that that money you gave me helped me start the, my business, my empire, the, basically yeah, the, 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 the scrub business." Yeah. and then yeah. she and then that's when uh, Armand goes, "Well, the money I gave you gave me Albert." So you, they have that moment at, during her time in the office. They explain what, what you know what happened. It wasn't a drunken drunk. It wasn't just one drunken you know one night stand. It was a plan. Hey, you're pregnant. 
keep the baby. I'll pay you for it. And, you know, so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, so Kevin's initially confused by the whole situation. And probably one of my, one of my favorite scenes w- with him. And he's like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> she's not, she's not, that's a man. <laughs> He looks so he looks so bewildered. Diane like, Weiss walking over to, to to Jonathan Lane, going, "He's a man. This is a man." <laughs> but I don't get it. I love it. I love it. And Diane Weiss, of course, the voice of reason in that in that incident. Like what happens afterwards? Like when she just starts drinking wine, she's like, oh. "Like I, she's just real." Like it. Yeah. But, Yes, a conservative's wife, but still, is like she can still like be one of us. Yeah, okay. But it, but it's funny, is like as as they're like they're getting ready to leave, she's like, no, you got to come with us, you know. Uh, and she's talking to Barbara. She's Barbara's like, no, I want to stay here. She's like, somebody's got to love me better because through the, the whole evening, Kevin was really loving to talk to Albert, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing you know that was a woman, but still, it was like he would or not realizing that was a man, but he was like, he was standing up and saying, you know, how, you know, how, how Albert treats or uh, how Armand treats Albert so poorly. And, and she feels so left out, but, uh, and, but then at that moment, just before they leave the, they go to open the door and there's the paparazzi. He's trying to catch him, but they didn't catch the photo. Uh, so they close the door. They sit there. They go, they go into the room and they're all trying to figure out what the hell to do. And again, another moment with, with Agador is they're, passing out drinks and he's like uh, senator do you want another drink and he's like i really shouldn't i don't usually drink and he taps on his shoulder he goes yeah but now's the time to start <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like you know hey, i want to yeah it's, it's, it's good now so they decide to uh figure out um what to do how, how are they going to get him out of there and albert realizes that they're the only way to, for them to escape is to and not be recognized is to them to go out through the birdcage through the club Mm-hmm. And uh, I love to see, and I love the fact that when they zoomed into everybody in drag and dressed up, the first person they hit is Gene Hackman in drag because, again, oh, you're talking, you're, you know, you're talking Lex Luthor, you know, you're talking the, you know, China Center, you're talking a one of the, you know, great actor, uh, what, what was it, uh, Popeye Doyle? I mean, you're talking about Popeye Doyle in drag. This is like seeing Clint Eastwood in drag for us, or seeing Schwarzenegger in drag. You know, this this was the action hero in the seventies. And here you have him in uh, in, in drag, in drag <laughs> which is which is great. I yeah. mean, I, you gotta love Gene Hackman, man. I mean, I mean, thank God he's still with us. I mean, he's retired somewhere in New Mexico, but for him to just to t- take a role like this, I mean, he, he starts off as that what we said before, and to go from that, and then he's you know he there's that through line, and this him dresses in drag, just meaning that he accepts all this. And it, it goes forward. And I wish a lot of people in this world nowadays would accept a lot of things. Just, just fighting about it. Just, just stop yeah. fighting. Just accept shit, man, and let everybody be happy. Yeah. But I digress. Sorry. Hey, folks, we did not pick this movie because of that. We, it was just no, we were talking no, in the no, '90s, no. and I just love this movie, and I threw it in there. So, yeah, it was nothing. About <laughs> There's nothing. Uh, so they decide they're they're going to exit the birdcage and uh, leave with the with the rest of the group, um, dancing to "We Are Family." As they wake, make their way out of the uh, the nightclub without incident, the, well, I think another great scene is a uh, there. Um, who is it? Uh, Catherine br- brings up her car, and, all, and uh, uh, Kevin and Barbara and um, and uh, shoot, his, what's his what? Lo- uh, Lois all jump into the into uh, Catherine's car. And as he drives by or passes by the uh, the limo driver, he's like, "Hey, pick me over here on you know, Welsh and Twentieth." And he's like, "Yeah, not in your life, sweetie." <laughs> and then of course we're you know gotten a chance to see Barbara and Val's wedding at the very end, which is an interfaith service that both families attend. And it's, uh, 
We'll talk about a fun ending. We, is, is watching? Oh my god! Like watching them together. A couple of the drag queens are over there going, "Oh, is that Bob Dole? Look at his chain, his cheeks." There's, just, I mean, just they talk the about la- the old, the two old ladies. Which one is the mother? Like, yeah, it's just so wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's one of the just those fun movies and the fun '90s movies, and it 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 does it, it stands and stands up at any time because of, again, just the source material and the and the you know what it's all about. And again, it I would love to see. I'm I'm not one for doing remakes that I think what I think are classic movies. And perfectly made movies, but this one I would love to see. Like I said, a, a different take on it. Somebody else doing it. Not to, I mean, not to say anything that the director is, is was anything bad. The director was an amazing director. He has been around, God, since the nineteen sixties. Um, what a different approach. I mean, you, you could just you could slap the birdcage, you yeah. know, what? Well, it you got to realize the, the director that did this did the Graduate, did Catch Twenty Two, so he knows did Biloxi Blues, did Working Girl. Did regarding Henry postcards of the edge. This man, great director, and the writer of this was his was I don't think they're married, but they were actually um, they wrote a lot together throughout their their careers. Uh, so again, I mean, an amazing director um, who, like I said, you look at the list of movies he did. They were just. I was looking for a writer on here. A writer was um, Mays. What's her, what's her first name? Uh, Elaine May. Sorry. Oh, okay. I don't see it on here. That's why. Yeah, they were her and uh, the director were known for doing improvisa- uh, improvisational comedy routines um, for for a long time. But they continued to work together. I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if they ever got married. No, they were never married. Um, but they, uh, oh no, they were. I take that back for a short time. But they continued to work together. So, but yeah, like, like I said, probably one of my favorite movies. And it just when a lot of times when I tell people this one, this is the one they're like, what? This. That's what I said. I was like, really? But, oh, yeah. You know, it's it's a fun movie. And like, by the way, the movie made dough. Oh yeah. I was looking at it right now. I was like, thirty one million dollar budget. To, yeah, how much? One hundred eighty five dollars. Uh, thirty one million dollar budget, yeah. and it made one hundred eighty five million dollars total. Yeah. I'm like, you know, that's back then. I mean, but still, it it, it tripled its freaking budget. Yeah. It doesn't matter money. when it was. If you triple your budget, you you did good. All right. Did I don't good. care. I don't care what you win. What the money. Uh, what what yeah. the you know, rate was at the time? If you triple your so, your budget, that's a hit. So, so nowadays, you know, this movie is ripe to be something. Oh yes, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a remake, a reimagining. I mean, whatever you want, you can do a series if you want. Just don't tell, I mean, Just the only thing I ask, if anybody does it, don't make, don't take yourself too serious about it. This is supposed to be a fun movie, and you know, showing. The extremes of both the conservatives and the extremes of the you know the the of that of that of both of those worlds and how and see them mesh together. Don't take it too like don't don't pull a fresh prince. All right, don't you don't don't do that. Yeah, don't don't make it a political state, please. Don't just like this movie was done before all that stuff, and there's a lot of political aspects in there, but it was not done yeah. as a statement. Like I said, you know leave I mean? it. Yeah, don't make it a statement, yeah. but just do the movie, and the statement will stand on its own based off of yeah, what the story like this, already is. On its own, like we, it wasn't outright like, oh, it's all about gays. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It just was a good movie they adapted from something. Yeah, and it else. just happened to have those elements to it, and I think that's that's why I think it would be fun to to have. And by somebody, the way, that, that Bel Air series is awful. Like it yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, don't do that. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's not fun. You know, and this movie's fun. Hitler's not fun. It's just depressing. And like, come on, I, don't, I, I see all, all that shit in fucking the news. I don't want to see it on TV show. I want to get away. Right. So, anyway. all right, guys. Well, make sure you guys do check us out next week. We will be doing Jurassic Park because June 10th, 
new uh, new Jurassic Park, and the last one from what I'm hearing will be debuting. So uh, we thought we'd have a, we'd get a, a Jurassic Park out and do original, and we'll be doing a watch along for that. Are we gonna have uh, any guests? I'm lining up a couple. Okay, so we, we, we might, might have, we might have some guests. So we'll see how. You know, we always we always have movie. fun with our guests. So. Oh my god. That song is stuck in my head. All right, let's get out of here. All right, guys, make sure you guys do check us out. And um, I really don't have much else to do. What you got? I don't. Just check out the Facebook page. We like all the um, requests and all that stuff. I got a couple messages like for uh, movie topics that we should do, from, especially some DMs. But uh, hopefully, we'll check that out. And um, I guess from Mike to me to you, I guess we can say go to get to the asylum still. Or- we can. Why not? Get to the asylum. See ya. <laughs>